Welcome to Don't Tell Baba, the conversational podcast with Middle Eastern flair. My name is Nude. My co-host is Shireen. And today we are talking to the soulful poet, Ali. I am such a huge fan. Thank you. <laughs> I'm humble. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. So Ali Aww. is yet another person that we met at the Yellow Let's Talk conference. Indeed. Not to play favorites or anything, but Ali's kind of my favorite. <laughs> He's kind of our favorite. It's true. Honestly, honestly, out of all the all the uh, all the speakers that went up, you guys were the most real, and I think a big part of that. I'm sorry, Nora, but but you you messing up so much made it so <laughs> real and genuine that I loved it. No, no, it was it was a good thing. I promise you. Oh my god! Yeah, you know what? My anxiety just like took the fucking reins and there was no getting it back. And I was like, you know what? Fucked is fucked. Let's lean into it. Yeah, we just turned it into a bit. Why not? It's a bit. Exactly. Exactly. But but the points you guys brought up and honestly, you guys, like I was captivated the entire time. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> Do you see why this guy is our favorite audience? <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> the entire team of Don't Tell Baba loves the soulful poet is basically what happened it's mutual okay it's, it's so mutual so here are a couple of things because we've all been talking about like what we connected with and i just want to participate but here's what i connected <laughs> with like ali is a teacher in ottawa so like never mind that i love your style love your music and when i say style i mean your literal like fashion choices are so on point thank you I try to sell that with my a, image, right? I want to be the whole package. Thank you. You are. <laughs> and you're a teacher, which was like mind-blowing to me because I was like, oh my God, another teacher with like hustles and you're working full time. So yeah. that's going to like come up in, in this like conversation quite a bit. Awesome. So for sure. To introduce you properly, Ali, you are a spoken word poet, rapper, musician, and full-time educator. That's correct. And student, actually. I'm, I'm currently studying part-time as well. So What the f- Amazing. What the okay. <laughs> Tell us all of your 22-year-old secrets. <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot of sacrifice. Honestly, it's a lot of sacrificing social time. Like, I don't have much of a social life. Um, the only time I am social are when I'm at events or when I'm do- at work, uh, you know, teaching the students with my colleagues, you know, so... You make the most out of the time that you have, but you always know that you have a greater goal. And when, like, I know that the more I push, the closer I get every single day. And that sort of just keeps me going. What is the end goal? Yeah. Wow. In which which profession? Like, what are we talking about? In which, like, in what? There's a lot of angles. I'm, I, I kind of want to hear them all, but I also kind of want to know, like, where you imagine, because this is something I'm personally curious about, because I've kept teaching on as one of my side hustles. And I don't know, like, I still I still struggle with whether or not I wish to return to it. So I'm interested in, like, how come you're teaching full time? Like, I know that's a weird question and you mm. don't have to. No, no, no. There's also things a weird question around the Don't Tell Baba podcast. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, why? Why? So why am I teaching is the question? Yeah. Like, how come you're teaching full time when you have such a promising musical career ahead of you? Um. Well, naturally, the whole purpose of me being an artist in the first place is to inspire. And my target audience will has been and will always be the youth from ages five who can understand what I'm saying till 25. I feel like that age gap is so critical in upbringing, in character building and just um, 
growing as a human being. So that's my target audience. And I thought no better way to attach myself to that target audience than to actually teach them. While I learn about the culture, it keeps me, it keeps me young. Like I know slang words that, that my friends don't know that are the same age as me. <laughs> like 16 year olds say them. And I'm just like, yeah, that's what they say. And yeah. uh, so it keeps me young. It keeps me energetic and it keeps me uh, motivated. And I never run out of content because I'm always, I'm always in the niche that I'm trying to impress. That's that makes so much sense. That is so reasonable. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so sensible. A, we can't a, even a, comment on it. I'm a very calculated human being. Like I, uh, yeah, I, I plan things out, and uh, you know, I'm a few steps into this master plan of mine. Okay, so this is funny to me, and like Shushu, correct me if like you had a different perspective. But mm-hmm. Ali, when I first met you, I got like all the artist vibes, and like none of the reasonable, calm, calculated vibes. So this is like, I'm getting to know something very interesting about you. I don't know, nude. I don't know. What do you think, Shereen? I mean, I don't know, because I'm a really calm, sensible artist. So it's not really crazy to me that Annie would be too. I mean, I definitely got artist vibes. Yeah. But I'm not like, I wasn't shocked that you were like, calm and sensible, because I was like, same. I mean, I think a conversation we actually had together, um, Nora, you agreed with me on this when I said that every teacher is a child on the inside. Yes. And 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 with that being said, the soulful poet is like my child. Like I can oh. dress up and look like an artist. I can look like however I want to be. I can create what I want to create. It's my the child that's in me that I've sort of let free. I think a lot of the Arab community growing up, the youth, aren't given that opportunity to fully express themselves, right? For sure. Yeah. And so this is just me. Like, um, it's it's the way I express myself and it's the child, Ali, that uh, the soulful poet is. I have like a question that's not on the Google Doc, but I'm just so interested in it. Because um, Nude, Nude and I are like really interested in like clothes and fashion and like how people perceive us, I guess. I and was I'm... just going to go there. I was okay. just going to go there. Amazing. Um, We kind of like, I mean... What is that look, right? Like, what is the soulful poet look? And nude, you can tag on if you want to. <laughs> so, so, so the look, honestly, it started off as uh, a jacket that was on sale at H and M. But, but what attracted me to it was just how different it was. And and um, being the soulful poet, I always thought poetry and 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 having that romantic slash mysterious effect on my image is Fuck something yeah. that'll keep me memorable. And the roses are just a way of me reminding myself that um, at times I may be a thorn by people's sides, but I will always be by their side. You know what I mean? Um, mm. that's, the, that's the metaphor. And that's the inspiration behind uh, my debut album as well. So I just sort of ran with that. And uh, it's been my performance jacket. I don't wear anything else but that jacket when I perform. That's like hey, my I'm, outfit that you saw was what I always wear. I was going to say, I am literally obsessed. I am obsessed with that jacket. <laughs> and I'm, and thank you. And I'm glad it's distinct. You know what I mean? I want to stand out even when I'm walking after the show, even when I'm walking down the street, I want that to be like, hey, that's the soulful poet, you know? Okay. So speaking of after the show, do you get like a performance high? Definitely. Definitely. Uh, it, it, it starts off. I don't see, I don't get nervous or that get that high or nerve feeling until about 20 seconds before my name is being called up on stage. Holy um, shit. Yeah. It, it, and it's such a rush. Like it's, I'd rather feel a gradual sense of nerves rather than this huge rush where I'm about like, I'm about to be like, okay, don't trip on the stairs as you go up the stage. Okay. Oh my God. Grab the microphone with your right hand. 
Don't stutter. Take a deep breath before you look into the mic. Don't breathe into the mic. Things like that, right? Yeah. And I go over all these things in the span of 20 seconds. But then afterwards, it's like a huge weight off my back. But it's such a relaxing feeling. It's uh, it's it's soothing, honestly. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah. But I also feel like I can conquer the world too. So I do need to humble myself a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, you're the soulful poet, not the humble poet. No need to go off brand. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. That's true. That's true. Here's the thing. MashaAllah, Ali, you're a 22-year-old teacher with an education, with a sense of style, with a personality, with soul, and with critical acclaim. Thank MashaAllah. you. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, no. Thank you so much. And, and you know, I always believe that the sky's the limit. So this is just, uh, we're just, we're just poking the clouds at this point. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, I had none of those things going for me at 22. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You had a lot going for you, but like not accolades. That's so true. can you tell us, <laughs> so can you tell us please, Ali, what awards and critical acclaim and accolades you have for your music for sure so starting off my career as um as the soulful poet i began uh slamming joining slam poetry uh slams all across the city of ottawa and outside of the city of ottawa as well so when i first started off i won the poetry slam uh, championship for the, for the city of ottawa uh, i was invited to perform at muslim fest i was a winner of their talent competition uh where i performed along the likes of um Let's see, Buna Muhammad, well-known household names, Brother Ali, uh, very known hip-hop, well-known oh, hip-hop wow. artist. Um, so yeah, I was able to perform on the same stage as them. I uh, recently won Album of the Year for my debut album. I was the first Arab to win a musical album uh, by Faces Magazine. Um, I was also nominated for Entertainer of the Year, Song of the Year, Album of the Year, and um, I believe Video of the Year as well. Uh, for the Capital Music Awards, which is passed last week. And I've been nominated by RBC uh, for one of the Spirit of the Capital Youth Awards uh, for arts and culture, uh, for being someone who's inspiring and revolutionizing arts in the capital city uh, of Ottawa. That's what I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a degree in education. I, um, I, I love children and youth. I've worked at the Boys and Girls Club of Canada uh, for seven years now, since I was 15. Yeah, yeah. I'll stop there. And if anything comes up, I'll make sure to, to plug myself in. Did I say mashallah? Like, did I say that yet? <laughs> Thank you. No, okay. it's truly humbling. Thank you. So I'm a big fan of your music. I absolutely think that you deserve all of this critical acclaim and all of these awards. And I do think that you are a force to be reckoned with. So the appeal of hip hop and rap for me has always been in the poetry and lyricism of it. Yeah. However, there are some songs that I have difficulty connecting with because they're, they simply don't reflect my own lifestyle um, or my own belief systems. So you managed to balance this really hip hop sound, like this really classic hip hop sound with these very like hard-hitting rap lyrics but all of the content is wholesome <laughs> yeah, like... yeah that that's always been something I, I i started doing whenever i wrote i wanted to be a full-on story a project as much as i'm an artist i want to be a storyteller and i feel like as as an arab community we lack 
that storytelling ability, even though all our ancestors were like boss poets, like Arabs were yeah. some of the best poets in the world mm. um, in, in the beginning of time. And, um, and, and we, we like that. So I always like, it took me a while, but to, to really find the confidence to use that Arab upbringing and use myself, my own story as the inspiration rather than, you know, the life I live, but rather the life I experience. Oh, that's fascinating. So are you saying that your writing style has changed with time and that you were writing maybe different content earlier on in your music career? Most definitely. Um, in my Throughout my album, um, Thorns, I, I go through that, the second track called Script. Um, it's basically me just spitting bar after bar uh, without much um, of a message, you could say. It's just straight, just like, metaphor metaphors and similes and wordplay and that's how i started because i just i just loved words and i loved playing with words so that's how i started off so when i started off it didn't necessarily have a story or or a meaning rather it was um like just bars basically it's it's amazing so you you kept that music on your album yeah how come um well, looking at the whole project itself, the whole all six all six pieces, it begins with my return to art, my return to to poetry, to to rap, to hip hop, and the second song was just reflecting on my beginnings of how I started. So I placed that in my album strategically to show the, my growth as an artist, and at the same time, um, being being an Arab artist, we're not necessarily taught how to be an artist or how to mm-hmm. succeed in arts or how to chase our dreams. So, oh, yeah. um, so, so I feel even though it might've taken me longer, I feel as though it's a lot more genuine and authentic uh, that I came to that conclusion myself or that growth myself as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. For sure. I feel that. It's added maturity in my writing, I'd like to say. Oh, absolutely. And it will continue to do so. So even while you stay youthful and continue to keep um, young people as your primary audience, your maturity will reflect in your writing. So the content and style will still for sure be accessible. Mm-hmm. But as you continue, and it's it's amazing because Ali, I listened to your first album and it's amazing. But then you sent me a song that you're working on that you haven't released yet. Yes. And oh, holy shit, I was blown <laughs> away. I was legit blown away. There's there's so much more depth to it. And I think that's going to keep happening. I, th- I think so too. Yeah. And you know what's also interesting to me is that there's kind of like no shame in with you sharing your past work. I have like a lot of shame with like old stuff. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. So it's insane to me that you're just like, it's fine that these old things are out in the world and maybe this new stuff is better or deeper or reflective of more experiences, but you're still fine with that old stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, as much as I'm a storyteller, I'd like my my entire career to be a story as well, right? The, a story yeah. of progress, a story of growth. So as much as I'm telling Damn, individual stories, I'd like my entire life to be a story. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I'm just going to give the podcast to Ali. And- <laughs> 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 no, you're doing an amazing job. Come on now. I couldn't do this. <laughs> I mean, I will say that any person who loves words, who loves stories, and like Nude and I are the same you kind of mm-hmm. fancy your life being kind of a story right yeah. like Definitely. I think about that all the time like I feel like <laughs> our brains are just wired to process things as stories yeah and there are some chapters that are just complete fucking write-offs <laughs> Definitely. that's what Definitely. editing is for nude I mean Fuck yeah it. yeah I mean sometimes we just want to turn the pages faster than uh 
faster than others, right? And, yeah. Uh, it's something we all go through. But going back to the maturity, um, maturity piece of like the in maturity in the writing, mm-hmm. there was actually a, a one time where I, I showed my students my work. And uh, one of the students went up to me after I showed them and the class left and he, he stayed behind and he said, Mr. Ali, like, that was a fire piece of work. But I, don't know if I can listen to it. I'm like, why? He's like, as much as it's fire, it sounds like you. <laughs> yeah. Yo. You, know, you know what I mean? So as much as I, I try to be this other person as the soulful poet and not Ali, I end up sounding like me. And and that's something I take pride in. I took that I took that well, I think. Uh, I laughed and uh, I, I explained to him why it sounds like me and why that's okay. Um, yeah. Cause, I think cause, that's a wonderful thing. Definitely. I think it's high praise. I, th- I think so too. And, and I mean, so many times when you look at Arab artists these days, they're not reflective of who they are growing up. Of course, I'm not one to judge, but it's it, sometimes it is quite far-fetched um, the mm-hmm. way they portray their story. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's, totally it's fair. you know, and it's, it's kind of difficult to allow yourself to sound like you because it involves some level of vulnerability and everybody kind of low-key hates being vulnerable, you know, but well some of yeah. us can't help it though. Some of us can't help it though, right? I don't think I've ever written something that doesn't sound like me and I don't think I've ever read any of news writing or poetry that doesn't sound like her. Thanks. Well, <laughs> well it's true, right? Okay, it is it is it is i have a question do i do i do i look like my music yeah yeah i think so okay okay i just wanted <laughs> yeah, to, you also, that, that said i just wanted to just see what you guys thought yeah no are I you mean, asking that sorry go ahead Chu. no i was gonna say like nude this is something that is like so important to us though and i'm like so uh, it's so cool that i feels the same way like do we look like our art yeah. yeah. Yep. Nude and I have this discussion all the time. <laughs> Literally constantly. It, it's it's the it's, it's the artist's dilemma. Yeah, and it, it's tough when you first start writing out or even when you're an experienced writer, sometimes you try to go out of character, but you just end up sounding like yourself anyways. It's so frustrating because I like I have to tell you, it's I wrote a series of poems uh a couple years ago now, a year and a half ago. And they were written during like a very, 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 very raw transition period. Mm -hmm. And I have a hard time reading them because it is just so close to a raw nerve. And those poems were basically all the processing that I did. Um, Just to be clear, it was a series of poems about me leaving the teaching profession because I thought that I was leaving it full time. And I still... Like, I still have a hard time reading those, like reading them objectively, reading them subjectively, reading them at all is just like, ooh, I'm instantly taken back to like where I wrote those poems at that desk that mm-hmm. I haven't seen in a while. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. so immediate. Art is so immediate, I exactly. think. And, and, yeah. and I feel like growing up, the way we're raised, our culture is so much of a, of a secluded like show your good side and your good side only. Like mm-hmm. we've been, yes. we've, we've been practicing social media principles way before social media existed. We've always yeah. shown our good side, you know, it's true. <laughs> we've always shown like that side where we, we serve lots of food when guests come, but when, you know, it's a regular day at home, it's like, Hey, one dish. Um, <laughs> or go get jibne from the fridge. I didn't go yeah. today. Exactly. 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 So, being comfortable with sharing who you are as a person and as an Arab specifically takes a lot of courage. And um, it's, it's, it's most definitely going to come with a lot of judgment and a lot of 
ridicule, but that's every every artist. Like I was listening to a lecture recently uh, done by an artist at Cambridge University saying that an artist is a rebel. Like every artist is a rebel in their own way. Yeah, and, I agree with that. You're going to be dealt with with fighters that go against you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the it, nude. You know, like it's it's funny you say that. Like you can see the like pain in your poem I've read I've read that series of poems and you can see the pain and struggle in that you know and like when I read my old stuff uh I don't like to read it because I can see the fear and I can see the exact spots where I'm holding myself back and not allowing myself to write what I want to write you know yeah that sucks yeah because and and you know it is it is about a a big part of it for me is about being Arab though, right? Like what did I want to write like this entire time? It's not something that is exactly like not Arab, right? Like so. Exactly. Romance. We're walking on a tightrope every single day. (laughs) Exactly. Because like I want to write romance and I, and it took me so long. Like, oh my God, I still remember like the first time I wrote the word nipple. I'm sorry for making this weird. (laughs) But it was just like, I was like, do it. Come on, Shereen, just do, do it. Like, it's just nipple, a normal, it's a normal word. It's just a normal word. It's just a normal, but it was so hard. And a part of that is about being Arab. Like we're not even, when we do find an art form that we like, we can't even fully explore it without going through our own. Th- okay. Yes, I know it's ridiculous, dude. <laughs> no, no. I'm laughing about nipple. I'm yeah, still no, laughing at the but, world, the word no, nipple. It's No, I know, but it, it you know, it's, it, it, it's ridiculous, right? But when we when we like explore art forms, right? And I, I fully know and I know that my art form is not respected by a lot of people and to them I say that they can go fuck themselves. But we kind of have to unpack all of this fear and all of this like past internalized bullshit that we have surrounding art and what we can say and what we can write and how we can yeah. do that. No, yeah, we we unjustly police ourselves, unfortunately, um, because we're raised in a don't do this, don't do that. Exactly. Household, household, right? It's always like when our parents talk to us, it's generally because we've done something wrong. Yeah. So, so, so we're just so we we just grow up insecure of hey, if I say this, is that wrong? Like, and we don't want to we don't want to walk that tightrope. But being an artist, you have to because that it's your expression, right? You have to free yourself. And, and that's what writing is for us. That's what drawing is for others. And that's what any any f- other form of art is for everyone. Yeah. Okay. So I have two questions that come to mind from this whole conversation. And they're, they're slightly uncomfortable questions, but I, I think they need to be asked. Well, definitely. You mentioned Ali walking a tightrope. We're always walking a tightrope. I want to talk yeah. about the tightrope and I want to address it from two angles. Angle number one. How does the hip hop community feel about your specific engagement with hip hop? Number one. Number two, how do your parents feel about your your whole side hustle, the whole music thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think I'm, I'm I'm fortunate in a sense that where we're in a we're in an age where a lot of first generation immigrants are becoming artists and becoming successful artists for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um I could, I mean, you could name some like The Weeknd or, or, um, or Sheck West or, or even Common. Um, mm-hmm. Common's not first generation, but Common's a lot more uh, inclusive with his art that represent our community. So when I appear at hip hop shows or gigs, I might be the only Arab in the community, but I know in the grander scheme of things, I'm not the only one. Nonetheless, I walk in like I, I walk in like I'm the shit. Like I walk in like I'm 
the best artist in the room and I'm going to beat anyone regardless of skin color because I don't believe art sees race or sees ethnicity. Art sees quality. That is that is a that is very, very interesting. I'm not involved enough to be able to like speak to this in any academic way, but it's good to know like how that experience has been for you. Definitely. definitely. I mean, when I first started, it was like, who's this guy? But I feel like that's every artist's experience, you know? Um, and then it, it, it goes from it go, as an Arab, I feel like it goes from who's this guy? And then it goes to like, oh, it's that guy with the beard. Like, who's that guy with the beard? And then it's like, oh, it's that Arab. And then who's that Arab? And then it finally ends up being, oh, that's the soulful poet. And that's sort of the phase I'm in right now, thankfully, mm-hmm. where people know me by at least my stage name. Yeah. And as for my parents, uh, it's been an on and off battle. I've had times where my dad calls my love for, for recording music and poetry a disease. Oh, um, what? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, honestly, let me tell you a funny little story. So my first ever song I recorded was a remix to Ariana Grande's Problems. Um, I thought it was a catchy beat and I was all, I was always inspired on YouTube. There was that age of like, everyone did covers and remixes. Um, and this was like around grade 11. Yeah. I was in grade 11. I was about 16, 17, about six, seven years ago. And what I would do is we lived in an apartment and I would record using, you know, those like Apple earphones, like not the yeah. AirPods, but earphones, that mic that you get for like calling. Yeah. Yeah. I recorded on that using my phone over Ariana Grande's problems beat hiding under my bed so that I wouldn't get any background noise damn that, that was that was literally my first song and that that's how i recorded it and um it became something that i i love doing regardless of of the fool the foolery that i had to go through <laughs> to make it happen yeah. um and it got to a point where i just loved it so much that i was my dad thought i was neglecting my studies which is every arab parent's nightmare oh my god yes so it became a disease to me which then i started doing it when he wasn't home and then i had to find a way to buy my own professional microphone and mm-hmm. I started off not knowing what I was doing. So it's it's literally all been on my own. I think now the point where I'm at is my parents realize that I'm not going to stop being an artist. I'm an artist and that's final. And I'm succeeding as an artist. So I think they're just choosing not to create the problem and rather, yeah. ju- rather just guide and be on the sidelines, um, whether it's support or guidance. Um, so I'm grateful. However, there are times, like for example, my latest music video, Yummy, I got some backlash from like the Muslim community And that induced a reaction from my parents because the reaction came from other people that they knew. So So I haven't seen I haven't seen the video. There's nothing really to see um, like outside of me rapping. But you'll see the concept of it, of of me not being a poet anymore, rather being a rapper. Yeah. Ali, why don't you tell us what the what the feedback was? Because I want to know that. Cool. Yeah. So, so I'll set I'll set the, the setting. I'll set the context of where yeah. I was at as an artist before releasing that song, and then we'll go from there. So, uh, I had just come off releasing um, a very uh, pro Palestine, pro Iraq, pro Arab, uh, with all the uprisings that were going on. I created. I read. I wrote a song called "We Can See," that sort of went out and then got really positive reactions from everyone. Nice. Uh, and I'm recording at this Muslim youth group. Um, building so they only used it on saturdays and sundays when they had programming otherwise during the week it was empty and it was really close to the school that i worked at so i told them hey listen like would you mind if i rented this place out whenever i needed it they said sure so that's what i was doing and it was it was amazing for me because i didn't have to do it at home and i didn't have to worry about my parents or anything um and i recorded i i, I recorded we can see got a good response but there were some some whispers here and there i got a few texts being like hey man i love your song but i can't share it 
because I'm afraid of my reputation as a Muslim or a reputation as someone who's pious or doesn't associate oh with hip hop and the negative connotation of hip hop. Mm-hmm. So I said, fine, don't do it. Like that, that, that's totally fine. And then when Justin Bieber came out, came out with the yummy song, I thought it was a great opportunity to, to sort of hop on that wave and show that, Hey, like I'm open to, you know, doing this as well. I can do a poppy type song. I can do a song that you can, you know, go on the treadmill and run to, for example. Yeah, for sure. So that was sort of the first song where I was like, hey, I want to make a song that's a pop song and and remix it. And the response was just hilarious. I was exiled from the community center. Oh, my God. Um, oh my because, God. because they misunderstood a lyric. Uh, they, thought, they thought in the lyric I said, um, girl, you got that yummy, yummy, which I understand can be misinterpreted. However, I made sure that the singer, my, my friend Kareem, uh, who was on the song as well said, "Cause you got that yummy, yummy." Oh my god! And if, you, and if you watch the video, and if Wait. you watch the video, I'm explicitly cooking in the kitchen to, as a play on words with yeah. yummy, and I'm and oh in the verse, god. in the verse, I'm literally just I, I'm I'm promoting women and and and, and empowering women and and, set, and showing that like let me think of a line like um uh, hey yeah you got that yummy, yummy good conversation. Everything you say has got me contemplating. I'm exploring. <laughs> I'm exploring your. That's a sick one. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, so I was doing, that and then, and then I was brought into this the the community center in what seemed like a uh, a trial at a court. Oh my god. Yeah, I was I was the one person against seven others who who I, I'll give it to them. Like a couple of a couple of them knew what I was doing and supported me, but there were others who were like, "Astaghfirullah, brother, why are you doing hip hop?" Like, <laughs> Like, why are you doing this in this in this community? Why are you doing this here? You are bringing the bad people from the projects, from the ghettos, and all that. And it was all the oh, oh my, my god, fucking god, all these judgments and 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 all these misconceptions. Did you ask a sheikh before releasing the song? What? <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? Hang on, hang on. I'm so sorry, Ali. I don't mean no to problem, interrupt, no. but I am getting like so ragey here. Are these younger people or older people? This is our community at our age. Like this is our age range. Oh my god! Um, and the big reason why I felt comfortable recording at the youth group is because I thought y'all were accepting of everybody. Yeah, <laughs> right. Y'all were supposed to be like I-, I told them as well. Like in that sort of trial case a situation, I told them, listen, like I come here because I feel accepted here. Because y'all are supposed to accept everybody. Every one of us is exiled from our own community or don't feel comfortable with our own community, which is why we come to this place. Oh, we so now you're going to discriminate the person who's discriminated already. You yeah. Know? So so that's where it went. Um, and and it was just, they, they, they assumed that I was becoming more more hood or, or more ghetto because I was rapping in, in hip hop when hip hop's an art. It's not like a, a cult that I sign on to. Like <laughs> I don't sign up. To... And even though, like, even though it is an art that did have its beginnings in those situations that are being so horribly misnamed yes. by the members of the community, Jesus Christ. Even though hip hop did begin with black communities and did begin begin from a place of oppression, that's kind of the whole fucking point of hip hop. It came from. It came from an oppressed place and rose up above it. That's what hip hop exactly. is. Hip hop isn't the slums. Hip hop isn't violence. Hip hop isn't drug culture. Hip hop is is using your voice to share your experiences when you're a marginalized person. Yeah, yeah. like hip hop yeah, is community yeah. building. Oh my hip-hop god, hip hop is community building. Like it, it brings people together. There's no there's no classism. There's no sexism. There's no racism. It's it's just hip hop is what brought people together, and that's how it started. 
I mean, well, I mean, there's some sexism in hip hop, but that's a discussion that I will leave to so, the hip hop. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I'm not going to open this can of worms right here and now, but like, I mean, Arabs can be um very racist. Yeah. So, you know, yes, it, it, it's yes, 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 we can. And we're not going to like really go into this because it's a whole conversation, but um, there's a lot of racism. And unfortunately, it reared its ugly head when you decided to explore this art form. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And so I had to sort of come to a new footing, a new ground, a new balance um, and sort of relocate my studio. Um, I've had people I had people texting me like long paragraphs saying, like, I'm disappointed in you. Um, oh, my God. I expected better out of you. And uh, it, it really. But then at the same time, there were some people that did stand by me and they understood the art aspect um, of what I was doing and the message I'm trying to preach. So it was really interesting. And, and and from there, I mean, you heard my latest unreleased song that I sent you guys. It's yeah, it, like, it's really lit a fire under me to be like, you know what? Like, I'm going to inspire 10 times more people than you guys think you can because I'm not going to discriminate anybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, I knew this is <laughs> I write under a pen name for this exact reason. There you go. Um, because like it's exhausting. Right. And like, granted, you were like you were misinterpreted. I am not going, like, my words are not going to be misinterpreted. So You are straight up writing about relationships and relationships involve sex. Exactly. And yes, Shushu, the Muslim community would lose their goddamn minds. Mm-hmm. That said, I think our specific audience is a little more left-leaning. This is true, but, like, I still write under, I write under a pen name for various reasons, but, like, the fact is that, like, the community at large would not respond well to this. It's true. Just the You're way right. that they don't respond well to Ani's hip-hop, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I really had to find myself, like, a new niche and a new a new group of people, which which made me so grateful to meet you guys at the YLT conference because I was like, Aww. wow, y'all accept me and y'all are Arab? What? Like, yeah. those, oh those two can go together and I'm a hip-hop artist? So um it, that gave me a rejuvenated oh. sense of hope in myself and belief in myself that you know what there are people who are going to listen and support yeah i also yeah. this like makes me think of um something else but it's so irritating to me how like when people don't like or agree with an art form they start to belittle it right and they start to pretend that it's not art oh yeah and that drives me absolutely nuts, right? It's like, oh, hip-hop is not art because it's super head-on. Like, Shireen, what you're writing isn't art because you're not a white man writing The it's Great Gatsby. It's super head-on. Yeah, like, um, but they just start to belittle it and, like, try to remove the fact that it takes a lot of skill on your part. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of just, like, natural innate ability that not everybody has. Exactly. And it's a study. Like, it's something that you dedicate time to and effort into. Yeah, because who do we learn from? We learn from the masters. And are they going to tell us that those people are not artists? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And at the same time, these are the same Arabs who will watch Shakira, a Shakira concert, and enjoy it. Oh, my God. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're having a breakdown. She hates the hypocrisy. Like, <laughs> I am still hung up on the fucking, like... If you want to talk about that girl got that yummy yummy, you should be able to talk about that girl got that yummy yummy without people freaking out. Some girls got that yummy yummy. I'm fucking sorry. <laughs> It'd it be like that. Some people just have it. Exactly. And the whole, the, yes. and the whole meaning of the song was to create something that could be interpreted not very innocently. Positively. Yeah, it could be in, like Justin Bieber's version of it could be interpreted the wrong way. 
Um, whether that's his intention, I don't know. But my intention with making the song, my intention with making the song was to make something innocent, fun. I was in the kitchen, we're shooting a music video, cooking, wearing white. <laughs> like, I was Ali, to, I, I was figured thinking, it out. That's what was haram. <laughs> it was a man in the kitchen. Oh, Unacceptable. I was so many social social injustices. It's just too much, dude. You overloaded them. I think they just short circuited and they were like, this feels head on. We don't know why, but <laughs> it feels a little head on. I guess and then the next half of the, sh- the, the video was done at an arcade. Maybe they confused that with a casino. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. They were like, pinball or is he gambling? Yeah, blackjack or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and one thing that really, really irks me um, with the community, whenever someone's trying to do something that's outside of a deg- that or outside of a degree or outside of an education it'll forever be a hobby you know <laughs> oh my god are you mean <laughs> yes keep talking it will forever be a hobby in my parents eyes they will forever call it a hobby i could be making millions performing at madison square garden garden but the first thing that my parents tell other people is that i have a degree in education <laughs> Yeah, dude, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, my, you know, um, I'll like talk about my writing and it's so personal to me and I, I just love it so much. And like in the like two years that I've been writing, that I've been writing romance, I've been a lot happier and better. And, you know, my parents are just like, and I'm a part of me, sometimes I share with them anxiety is like, oh, what if this doesn't work out? Right. I really want my work to be in the world or whatever. And they'll just be like, Binti, keep it as a hobby. Yep. Yeah. Oh my and I'm just yeah. like, I just told you that I spent 16 hours writing. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't take a risk. Don't put it out there. Don't take the chance. Yeah. Right? Can I make the opposite complaint, please? Well, okay, nude. I want like it's the... <laughs> I actually feel like I haven't even mentioned this on the podcast yet. My parents aren't like most Arab parents. My parents are like I've learned now as an adult because I thought they were strict when I was a kid. But my parents are like super liberal. Your, your dad, oh, your yeah. dad's a, a G. Like he was, he was waving at everybody. Oh, yeah. You shouted him out on stage. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's about it. <laughs> my dad is such a G. But like to be honest, my dad wanted me in broadcast. Like every time uh, Rachel Maddow goes on TV for MSNBC, mm-hmm. if I'm over, my father will like look at her and look at me and be like. Could have been you. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, Baba, I don't think you know how broadcast works. And he's like, no, that could have been you, but you decided not to. And I'm like, that's not that's not how, how that works. <laughs> if it were just a decision, we'd be golden right now. <laughs> and then my and then my mom is like, you should have been a lawyer, Yabenti. You would have been a great lawyer. You would have made so much money. But you know what? You didn't want law. You could have done broadcasting like your father said. And you know what? You didn't do that. You should write a book. Why can't you finish writing yeah. a book? Just choose something and then do it. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> and that, that actually fits really well with a song um, I'm currently writing. And uh, the, the chorus goes like, I always thought that if I shot it like Michael, I could be the greatest. I was taught to never talk to strangers. I thought that I could pull up and be anything I ever wanted, except an entertainer. Mama said to aim greater... Baba said, "Go get your grades up," and everyone else was saying, "Change up." I, I was I was never taught yeah. to make it. I had to learn how to chase it. That's sort of the vibe of it, and that goes so it, that mirrors your your circumstances because no matter what we do, what we choose to do, there will always be something that our parents would like us to do instead. 
that will make them happier. Yeah. Yeah. But then when you do them both, one of them's got to be a hobby. Yep. Exactly. When we, do, when we do what we want, it is never taken as serious um, as it should, unless it's something that's in line with what our parents believe we should do. But like, doesn't that drive you a little bit crazy sometimes? Because sometimes it just gets on my nerves. Honestly, I've, I've actually been tempted once. Um, uh, before I used to get uh, asked to perform at like, the mosque or or the community center or anything like that sometimes i just want to pull up bring my speaker and just blast like my music and just be like yo like how many of you would listen to this on your own time and how many of you are telling me no to my face yet when you're chilling before bed you're you're definitely playing some soulful poet before bed you know like I, i just want to call all the hypocrisy out and just snap but um you know sometimes uh no a lot of the time most of the time you gotta leave you gotta leave the people who want to be quiet quiet because they won't speak up honestly you two have a it's it's amazing you two are more similar than i originally noticed the 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 tenacity mm-hmm. the tenacity that you learned from being arab the tenacity that you learned from the things that were expected of you is the same tenacity that is making you successful artists right now like it's that same lesson that you learned of having to work hard for things when you were young is the same lesson that you're using now to do kind of the exact opposite. And that's it's amazing. It's it's a skill and a quality that I have yet to acquire, maybe because I am a giant infant. But... Oh, my God. <laughs> but like, it's incredible. And I'm proud of you both for being the human beings that you are, despite being faced with the obstacles Thank you were you. faced are, with. Are either of you the eldest child? Nope. Me. Wow, Shireen, I would expect you to be the eldest child. I don't know. My parents always told my mom. Told, my mom revealed this to me um, later in my life when I was around twenty. She said that Adi, we raised you like as if you were a daughter. Um, and then I was like, what is that supposed to mean? um but but i guess being the first child and my parents being first generation immigrants into a new country they had me on locks Mm -hmm. so it's interesting like i mean you guys grew up in uh in emirates right so i guess a little yeah i guess a little different a little more open there you had that balance of arab culture and westernized culture but my parents went straight from iraq to (laughs) to canada Honestly, Ali, we grew up in the Emirates and that came with its own set of challenges that were more closed off. But also, I was a miracle baby. Uh, My parents couldn't conceive for a long time, uh, but that's like a whole other story. Uh, So I was treated like a female miracle child, which means that at any moment, if I was not within view, I was either dead or dying, which means that I was over-supervised Uh, My parents were helicopter parents and nothing that I did, said, thought, felt went unnoticed. So I never learned how to like do things on my own. There was always like crutches surrounding me, like a plant that grows unruly. So you keep staking it and then it's just such an unnatural form, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely. definitely. You know, Nuda, I I will also tell you that you know you being a miracle baby also makes it makes it explains why your parents were a lot more liberal with the compliments and praise that maybe Adi and I mm-hmm. didn't get because we were not miracle kids we were just normal <laughs> Arab kids um <laughs> And like growing out of Abu Dhabi, like I, I don't know if it was liberal because it's not like I had anything else to compare it to because my parents left Baghdad and went to 
I don't know. I was still dealing with Iraqi culture, dealing yeah. with the general mm-hmm. Arabness of the UAE. So, you know. Arab parents will be Arab parents wherever you go, eh? Yeah, it's true. It's like it's we true. can't really escape it. I don't know if they're, I don't know if leaving mm-hmm. takes the Middle Eastern out of them because that, nope. Yeah. And unfortunately, like they take the good with them, but they also take the bad. And that's why Nuda and I are on this like great crusade to dismantle the we're, bad because yeah, we're it, revolutionizing everything together. Like we need to inspire. Yeah. We need to inspire the youth that think they have to be exactly what their parents think they have to be. Because like I know that they still think that. Oh yeah. After all this time. Yeah, and, and one thing one thing I always like to preach is is just we live such a double life. You know, we live mm-hmm. and, and it's not it's not it's mm-hmm. not even a double life anymore. It's like five different lives. Like when we're at school, we're someone. When we're chilling with our friends, that's another person. When we're at home, it's someone else. And then when we're walking outside alone, it's another thing too. So it's 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 a yeah. chaotic mental balance that that so many of us have to sort of come to bearing with and finally eventually choose who we want to be you know i and i fully agree with that because i think that one of one of the big struggles in my life is the way i'm perceived but it's like you say like i can't just be normal shireen in every situation especially when i was living in abu Dhabi, right so some mm-hmm. people would get a certain a certain you know type of shireen like a you know and then nude would like get a completely opposite probably more genuine version of me um but in a way we do that because it's a protection it's a defense mechanism it is defense, exactly. right exactly yeah we have we have our guard up in so many ways yeah and it's it's exhausting so then as we grow older you're kind of just like i can't carry all of these insane personas anymore you know yeah. exactly yeah you just you either just grow out of it or and you just sort of fall into whichever one applies to the best of the, so the situation you have presently or you reflect and decide hey like my life needs to be what i want it to be and it could be a mm-hmm. total 180 you never know yeah or you yeah. find that none of your personas fit and then you go on a long journey of self-discovery yeah you have like a midlife mm. crisis at 25 yeah fuck yes Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> i had a crisis at 25 <laughs> me too who doesn't have a crisis at 25? I need to watch out. You're going to have a crisis. I had a midlife crisis at 25 too, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's just the universal turning 25 experience. Ali, aren't you like 15 years old? <laughs> or aren't you a child? <laughs> Judging by your behavior on this podcast, Nora, I wouldn't be talking. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Can I just po- say you're talking to a poet here? And I was I went to a, a Catholic high school and it was all white people, but I'm so still, Muslim. I will still flex on the fact that I was the rap battle king. Okay. Nice. <laughs> I destroyed everybody. <laughs> all them white people. Oh yeah. They were they were coming at me with some roses or red, violets or blue, and I was like, ah, bro. <laughs> uh what's art without trauma (laughs) you gotta you gotta give it to like arab culture it traumatizes you to the point where you're like i could make art i could make art out of this you know like maybe i could process it in therapy but i could also write a novel the grand irony is that the same trauma that causes you to become an artist is the trauma that will not allow you to pursue your artistry god damn it it's true wow that's quote of the podcast right there. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I love I love that you know that we do quote of the podcast. 
Honestly, and, and if you look at, my, like, for example, my recent video, Islands, where I'm tied to a chair. I don't know if you guys saw that yet. Mm-mm. Okay, so my most recent video is called Islands. Um, it's on the group chat that, that I sent you guys. So if you have, feel free to check it out. I'm tied to a chair and I'm wearing a white jacket. So it's the same design as my black one, but without the roses and it's just straight white. And I'm tied to a chair and I wake up that way. And um, throughout the song, in the video, I keep seeing flashbacks of of issues, injustices around the world, then injustices within myself and struggles that I go through. And I keep flashing back to me wearing the rose jacket, the black one, and I'm standing and I'm going crazy. Like my mind is running all over the place. And it's just that that that's sort of the way I depicted that that mental imbalance that we were talking that we were talking about, where I have to put a smile on. But in my head, I'm like, can't do this, do this. This is I no, I can't do this. No, haram, all those things. So, yeah, that's Damn. It, as an artist and uh, these traumas that that we go through as children that are so ingrained in us as we grow up um, are, are definitely things I like to incorporate in my in my work for sure. OK, I want to know <laughs> what came first, the music or the words? Like, did you come to hip hop first or to poetry? And how come? Ooh. See, that's such a difficult question for me to answer because I, I remember talking to you guys and I was telling you guys that uh, I start off as a, as a storyteller, like I remixed fairy tales. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We I just talked about this. Yeah, so I remixed fairy tales and my mom would tell me to like read them to her. And the only thing that would be different is like the last line of the story. Like I'd copy a book yeah. word for word, but I just changed the ending. Like, like Jack and the Beanstalk, he actually fell from the Beanstalk. He didn't make it up. Or like, or like the Three Little Pigs, like... The big bad wolf just like yeah, ate them all, get that. Like, things I like get that, that, right? So that's I guess you could say the words started there. But in grade five, I had a lot of friends who were so into hip hop, and I was the only one with an iPod at the time. So they would tell they would request songs and get me to download <laughs> them illegally, and I would do it because it made me fit in. <laughs> and, and and they'd take turns. We'd split an earphone, like I get one ear, they get one ear, and we just listen to music on the bus, and that was my way of making friends. And um. And, and and I just listened to so many different forms of rap, good and bad for an eleven year old kid. But it, it made it honestly made me fall in love with the fact that Fuck it yeah. sounded so cool. Like these guys are playing with words. Like why is this making me feel good? Why am I bopping my head to this? Why is this getting me motivated? Why is this helping me cope? Um. So so that's where music came in, and then the writing part just came naturally. Where I just started writing acapella rap and calling it poetry and then incorporating music and then rap battling. So writing and performing and music has always just been an interchangeable balance throughout my life. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I can hear the admiration in your voice. I do truly admire you. I think that you are, I want to see more people like you is what I want. And that's why I'm here. I do too. (laughs) No, but I mean that in the least least arrogant way possible. No, no, no I, I know. I, That's why I'm laughing. Okay, no, no. I, I genuinely mean it. I always say this in performances that, you know, I'm here as as an Arab Muslim first generation artist hoping to encourage other artists. And I always, even when working with youth, I always tell myself, I can't be the next Einstein, or in my case, the next Kanye West, Drake, Jay-Z, whoever, Eminem. Not then Kanye. Not Please don't be Kanye. Okay, so <laughs> strictly hip hop. <laughs> um, then, then maybe I can inspire the next kid who does it. Hell yeah, yeah. I love that, that. That's always been my mindset. So, Ali, this is my last question. I think okay. this is wow. a hard one. Uh, this is a hard one to ask. At what point 
do you think you may have to leave teaching to pursue music full time? And how do you feel about that possibility? Okay, this is interesting. Um, so when do I feel like it'll be bye bye teaching? Um, honestly, when I so I currently live in Ottawa, and I don't foresee myself bursting out of a huge bubble and blowing up uh, being in Ottawa. It's very unlikely. Um, but I can build a solid foundation where I'm a full-time artist. So once I do that and I build enough connections in Toronto, Montreal, the States, anywhere, and I feel as though I can sustain myself financially enough to move to Toronto and access more opportunities, that's when I leave teaching. But teaching in a classroom. I also I also do workshops. So I teach spoken word. I teach songwriting. So I will never, ever leave teaching as an act. However, I'll leave the school system if that's what you were meant, mm-hmm. if that's what you're talking about. It is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I, I'd leave the school system, but I would never leave teaching, inspiring, motivating, and collaborating with, with the younger generation. See, this is what I'm trying to do too. So like with supply teaching right now, I feel like I get my fix of the young people. I have a few schools that I go to pretty regularly where like I know and love the kids so much. And every Mm -hmm. time I think about like, hey, what if the podcast like takes off and I can do the podcast full time? Because honestly, that's the dream. If I could talk into a microphone and make money doing it, I would I'd be solid for the rest of my life. So whether that's voiceover or podcasting, like that would be amazing. But the thought of ever leaving education, like education, the way you're talking about it, the inspiring, the being around the young people, the being part of that energy, being involved in that. I would have a really hard time, I think, saying goodbye to that completely. I I would too. Yeah, I don't see myself not interacting with the younger generation. I I need, I I mean, that that child in me needs friends, right? I mean, as much as I like to express the soulful poet and I'm out here, I like connecting with with that youthful energy because it keeps me youthful. Yeah, I get that. I, I completely get that. So to all of you young students, either mine or the soulful poets, we love you guys. Truly. No, you guys, yeah, honestly. And and my, my students, all of them, all the ones I work with and the students that know of me and the students that I know, they're all the reason why I keep going. And they're all the reason why I never run out of songwriting ideas. And they're never they're the reason why I never feel as though my job isn't worth it. I, I wake up every morning as tough as it is, um, and as stressful as it might be, I always know that, hey, maybe I inspired one kid today. I love that. Actually, Annie, um, we were going to ask you if you could perform something for us. I'm so excited. So here's the here's one. So I confide in places you don't recognize because loneliness is a blank canvas waiting to be blessed by inspiration. And popularity is a sky filled with clouds that block me from seeing the light. You see, brighter days only make the nights seem darker. Bittersweet love, I wonder how it tastes as long as you take care of your headspace. That's one. Amazing. Feel free to feel free to, to clap or, <laughs> or whatever you got to do. <laughs> feel free to give me some sort of validation. Yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's see. Oh, here's another one that I got. So if the four walls of my room could sing, they would sing lullabies that would put my insecurities to sleep. Create a harmony between my mind, body, and soul. The room I like to stay in isn't a room for amusement. The room I like to stay in is my room for improvement. 
Thank you. I hear the snapping. Thank you. Thank you. Ali, I actually have a question. Are you ever worried about, like, eventually when you meet somebody and you plan to pursue it, are you ever worried that your career or your persona or your rising fame will get in the way of being an acceptable partner to a traditional Arab woman? Like, do you think about this? De- oh, all the time, definitely. But it's something I've come to peace with that I'd rather devote myself to making a change in the community that needs changing and is, th- is thirsty, thirsty, yet will never admit that they're thirsty for change. <laughs> yeah. Rather, rather than look to start a family or, 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 you know, meet someone who's going to sweep me off my feet and make me not feel as though I need to be the soulful poet. I need someone who's... If someone makes you feel like you don't need to be the soulful poet, that's some toxic They're the wrong person, yeah. That's, yeah. Exactly. So I just need someone who understands my mission and, and, and respects my work ethic and understands why I do what I do and the purpose behind it. And just backs me no matter what. Like, I know the whole Arab community could be against me, but as long as I have her by my side, then it shouldn't matter, right? That's the hope. But but at the same time, it's their parents, right? I don't know how many babas would be okay with me tying myself to a chair and rapping on a video. Regardless of how impactful the message is, they will never understand it. Well, they're not going to hear the message, dude. They're going to see the video. Shireen, do not underestimate a baba whose daughter (laughs) has just been uh, solicited. Do not underestimate (laughs) the research skills. Dude, he's going to, so he's going to watch the video, write a full on uh, analysis of the lyrics. Just line by line. Have you met my father? (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, it's 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 tough, you know, it, and it's the thing. It's it's ridiculous to think that someone would not want to be with you because of your creative pursuits, because creative people are wonderful. First of all, it's more like people's families exactly. won't accept you. It's exactly. not so much the person themselves, really. It's more like more likely, honestly. Like as far as Arab men goes, and like they can stay several feet away from me. But as far as Arab men go, like I, I, well. I would never want them to read my writing. So I'm going to just stop speaking right now. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, in a lot of ways, the, the, the average Arab man is a very sly man who would do everything wrong in private, yet only broadcast the good, right? Oh, yeah. Whereas, whereas I'm here out there and that's like strange to people. That's like, whoa, you're just like saying things that you're not, that you're supposed to do privately. Why are you saying them? Mm-hmm. Why are you exposing them? Mm-hmm. You know, so in a lot of ways, I know the, the Arab community doesn't know how to react to that. Yeah. I mean, hence, 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 like, don't tell Baba, right? Because exactly. we have had these conversations our whole life. And Nude and I kind of wish the other people were more open about having them. So we were just like, whatever, we're recording. Yeah, it. exactly. And this and the platforms like this are so, so, so huge. I can't iterate it enough. Like, I hope we get someone like who's like a big, like French Montana. You know, like, or, or someone like crazy like that, who's like an Arab, who's an Arab. You want us to go mainstream. Basically, basically. I mean, we deserve yeah. to go mainstream, right? Because the conversations that we're having, the art we're putting out into the world, they're important f- for everybody, you know? Yeah. I completely agree. Because I they also bridge the gap. Ali Gadi, who I was thinking, who's the guy I was thinking of? The, uh, the, the new Arab singer that's like popping everywhere now. He's from Iraq. Oh. And uh, like, and, and he, he. The way he started, like, if you go to his concerts in Toronto, it is, like, 99% hijabis and beards. Damn. <laughs> Wait, what's his name? Ali Gadi. Uh, Ali, like, A-L-I, Ali. 
Um, Gatti, G-A-T-I-E. Huh, okay. Check him out. He's popping. Like, I will. I'm actually going to check him out. And one day, one day I will make a song with him. I'm going to claim, I'm going to speak that into existence now. Do it. Manifest. New yes, believe it. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Ali Gatti. Ali Gatti. Yeah, you. You. Can yeah. you record with the soulful poet? Okay, thanks. <laughs> and it is, and so it is done. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's awesome. Ali, thank you so much for joining us yeah. on this long and rambling adventure. I feel like we we covered so much ground today. We really we did. did. So and honestly, I feel like we just we picked up where we left off um a few weekends ago. Yeah. Uh, that's it's conference. We did not skip a beat. And I want to acknowledge you two for creating a platform that's so, so, so important and is only growing and I can only see growing exponentially in the future. Um, oh, my heart. And, and uh, I only hope to be, if I cannot be directly involved, I'd love to be on the sideline supporting uh, oh. you guys no matter what. You will always be a friend of this podcast in any capacity you choose. Beautiful. 100%. And I'll always be a fan. I'll always be tuning in. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> it's my pleasure. You guys are awesome. You're awesome. I'm going to take us out. This has been yet another episode of Don't Tell Baba. We hope you enjoyed it and hope you'll stick around for more. Our music is by Ahmad on Fiverr. His username is CH6K0R. Post-production is done by my husband, Mike. Thanks, Ahmad and Mike. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> for more shenanigans, find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Baba Pod. If you want to drop us a line, call us at 53032Haram. That's 53032427267. See you next week. And before we tell you not to tell Baba, here's Ali plugging everywhere you can find him, and we recommend you go find him. Yes, so check me out on Instagram at Ali the Soulful Poet. A-L-I-T-H-E-S-O-U-L-F-U-L-P-O-E-T. So Ali, the Soulful Poet, all one word. Twitter, at the Soulful Poet. Facebook, Ali, the Soulful Poet. Uh, LinkedIn, Ali, the Soulful Poet. YouTube, the Soulful Poet, all one word. If you do it spaced out, that's fine. You'll still find me as the first option. I've worked hard enough to, to, to attain that standard uh, through YouTube. But uh, make sure to check out my videos. My music is all on all platforms, all streaming platforms. Apple Music, Spotify. Uh, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, everything. Uh, all you got to do is search The Soulful Poet and you'll find me. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I hope to, uh, if ever you guys want to connect with me, feel free to send me a DM, an email at thesoulfulpoetali at gmail.com, my website, thesoulfulpoet.com. And yeah, connect with me. I'm always replying to DMs. I'm always open to new ideas. If you'd like to make a song with me, let me know. I'm always open to doing that. And um, stay safe, stay blessed, and uh, stay you. That was beautiful. Love you guys. Love you Bye. guys. Bye. Bye.